0: the john morris show episode 142 the john morris show your life on code ladies and gentlemen john morris i got this comment over on youtube the other day so it said i wanted to i want to do work that matters i want to feel like the service i provide is something that is needed and it helps people besides the creative aspect of it Doing work that matters provides personal satisfaction, and that's a huge benefit to your intellectual and psychological well-being, which, 100% true. And when I read that, it kind of reminds me of my Al Bundy days. Now, when this happened for me, you know, at that time, things should have been great. I just got promoted. I was managing my own store. I was making more money than I'd ever made in my life, and I was killing it, and I was only 21 years old. And I had revived a failing store, I'd broken the store's single week sales record, and I was probably just a few months from another promotion into a bigger store, and I was going to make even more money. Yet despite all of that, I was miserable. And the reason why is because when I was a kid, slipping shoes on people's stinky feet wasn't what I had dreamed of doing, wasn't what I imagined my life turning out to be. And even with everything going better than I could have imagined, I had this gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach. And the question I couldn't get out of my head is was, is this what my life is going to be? Is this what I'm relegated to or destined for? And I kept imagining myself 40 years from then, and I just couldn't imagine a scenario where I stayed and wasn't completely just dead, soulless inside, where I didn't feel like I would die full of regret and what ifs. And I knew that if I continued down that path, that when I did die, nobody would remember me. Nobody would care about my life. I'd have really no legacy. And it really bugged the hell out of me. It bothered me. I know for some people, it doesn't. Some people just aren't wired that way. But for me, That's how I was wired. And so despite everything going as well as it was, that next day, I took a big gulp and I faxed in my resignation to that company and quite literally shocked everybody. In fact, my regional supervisor made an emergency trip down to try and smooth things over, but quickly realized that I was dead set on and I was done. I walked away from it. Now... I won't say that my life since then has been easy. But I will say that it has absolutely, despite all the ups and downs, the bumps and bruises, has been worth it. And in the end, I think that's the best that any of us can hope for. Not a perfect life, but a life that has meaning and a life that in the end is worth it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. Now we bring all this up because this is exactly why... I made my PHP 101 course. It was my way out of all of that. And I wanted to guide those who came after me who had that same gnawing feeling in the pit of your stomach. If you're like me, if you're wired that way and you just can't see yourself doing whatever it is that you're doing now, 40 years from now, and not just being completely dead inside, then... We are very similar. And and again, that's why I created this course for those of you who feel that way but just aren't sure exactly where to turn. If that's you, I want to encourage you to head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash php and enroll in my PHP 101 course. I firmly believe that it is your way out as well and it's your way out for less than a pair of cheap flip-flops or a <laughs> a 12-pack of toilet paper. So again, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash php and enroll in the course. Today's episode, we're going to be getting into how to find your niche in web design and web development. I had gotten, I've gotten this comment several times uh, on YouTube and via email because I talk a lot about picking a niche and specializing and so forth. And so a lot of people, obviously ask well how do i do that and i don't think i've ever done really a definitive episode on that so that's what we're going to do here how to find your niche and it's about more than just marketing that's a part of it that gets easier when you do this but it's about more than marketing it's about the talent or skill side of it as well and really the peace of mind and actually you know a lot of people think it's they think it's about the the mechanics the money you make where you work, I, I can tell you from my own personal experience, you can be miserable making a bunch of money. You can be miserable working from home. It's absolutely possible for that to be the case. So it's it's less about the mechanics, those things are nice, and more about kind of the spirit of it all, and really, in my opinion, finding your niche, what what just feels right for you. And so that's what I want to help you do uh, in this episode. So I'm going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to get into that. I'm going to go through the comment that I got and some of the back and forth that we had. And then I'm going to talk about the three things that you need to do in order to pick the right niche. And what I believe is the single biggest mistake that web developers make that caused them to fail to be successful in web development. Again, all that after the break. You're listening to John Moore Show. JohnMorrisOnline.com. You know it's kind of funny. Every time someone uh, joins my email list, I ask them a very specific question. I ask them, "What would you say if I could, if I told you I could teach you how to master PHP in the next few months?" And I get a lot of interesting answers. Now I get a lot of people who, you know, they say, "Sign me up." Where do I start? Let's do this, right? I get people who are a little more skeptical. Who say, um, it would depend on the details, you know, if it costs, what it costs, etc. And then I get people probably on the, the most skeptical end who are like, well, what does it exactly take to master PHP? And all these are really great questions. Now, let me ask you this, since you're here listening. What if I told you that you could get started learning everything that you need to know? to master PHP, all the foundational skills that are necessary to move you out of maybe that job that you're working right now that you don't really like and just get yourself into an IT career. Oftentimes, people do it making more than they were making before. But even if you could just make the same and start doing it in an IT career as opposed to like I used to do, which was wearing my little chicken costume walling around in Greece all day. Cooking chicken. Imagine if you could learn what you needed to learn, get the foundational skills you needed to start that process all for just seven bucks. What would your answer be? I hope your answer would be a resounding yes, because I know I'm going to go all keep off my grass old man on you, but I remember what it was like when I was coming up, and the option to get all of that training in one place simply didn't even exist at that time unless you wanted to read through a 500 page php manual which i didn't want to do but today not only is that option available but it's only going to cost you seven bucks to get started so if you're someone who's serious about learning php about making a career in the it industry about getting out of whatever you're doing now that you might hate and getting into the tech industry you don't have to be a PHP coder forever. That's the thing. You can, If you want to get in all the fancy new stuff, Node and Python, and well, Python's not new, but Django and all this other stuff, all these frameworks and everything that's out there, that's fine. But one of the fastest ways to get out of where you're at now and into a an IT career is through PHP because it's simply the most popular server-side backend language that you're going to find. The job opportunities are huge and there's companies that, out there that are just starving for PHP developers. Clients out there starving for people who can create PHP applications. So again, if you're someone who's serious about making that happen, then I want to encourage you to head on over to johnmorrisonline.com/php. You can start taking module 1 of my PHP course for just 7 bucks. So today, skip the latte from Starbucks, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com/php. And let's get started with your PHP career. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. So let's get into talking about how to find your niche in web design and web development. And there's three things that you need to do in order to do this. And it's all kind of centered around what I think is the single biggest mistake that web designers and web developers make that causes them to fail to be successful. And so this came up here for me recently based off of a comment that I got over on YouTube. And the comment says, I have trouble with getting a job. I know many web technologies, but I'm not an expert in any of them. I can't get enough experience in one technology just by learning by myself. And that right there is the single biggest mistake that most web developers make. They go into it thinking that width is better than depth that knowing how to do a bunch of stuff is better than knowing how to do one thing or one set of one small set of things really, really well. And in my experience, and I think, frankly, a lot of people out there, it's simply not the case. Now, look, when I I start talking about this, a lot of people tend to roll their eyes and, and glaze over. I've articulated this and pushed people and encouraged people to do this for years i've been talking about this for a long long time way before i think anybody really in this industry ever that i ever heard talk about it and i think people have such an aversion to it because it's just so foreign of an idea we all think of of getting this you, you, you see job postings out there and they'll say we want someone who knows php and hml and css and uh you know, WordPress, and we want them to know Java, and we want them to know Python and all the the a lot of the job listings out there that you see, at least, uh, you know, back in the day, it's gotten a little bit better now. But they're all over the place. And so developers tend to go into it thinking that they need this, this huge breadth of knowledge in order to be successful. And again, in my experience, it's, it's the exact opposite that the way to really be successful, and by successful, what I, I'm not saying you can't get a job doing that. Right? I, I'm inevitably going to have somebody who comments on this and says, you know, well, you know, the, look at this job or look at that job. And the only way you're going to get, I get that. I'm not saying you can't get a job doing that. But chances are you're going to make less money and you're going to be miserable. That's the point. For me, success isn't about how much money you make. Maybe that's part of it. But it's, am I doing something where I'm not just completely miserable? What's the point of getting into web development and doing this? If you're just going to be as miserable as I was working on the factory floor, screwing in three screws every single day for eight hours a day. What's the point? You might as well save your time and energy and just go screwing the three screws. You can learn that a heck of a lot faster. So success to me is about enjoying what you're doing and also then making good money doing it, working on things that matter, working with people that you like working with, and so forth. So if you're wired that way, then this is your way through that. If you're not, or if you think you're not, I really highly recommend giving it a shot, because I think you'll find that chances are you really are wired that way. But Again, this is the biggest mistake is learning a whole bunch of different things instead of learning one thing really, really well. So I responded to this comment over on YouTube. I said, very simply, change that. Become an expert in one. And his response was, well, it's not easy to become an expert in one because I need to get experience first. I can learn many things by myself, but not everything. Last time, I got three days to learn and make modules in Magento. I didn't get the job. Previously... It's the same situations with Laravel. They think I can be an expert in this in in a few days. Now, okay, we have to parse this out. Because, you know, if you're going to a job interview and they say, hey, do this thing in in Magento, and you know nothing about Magento, and you got to try and figure it out in three days, yeah, that's probably going to be a problem. Why did you apply for that job in the first place? That's what I would ask. Same thing with Laravel. If you don't know it, why'd you apply for that job? So again, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, what goes through, through people's heads going out there and just applying, just mass applying is what a lot of people do to all these different jobs and, and really having no strategy to it. And again, I don't want to kind of go into laying into to you too much, but you really have to think this through and picking the right niche that's that's the strategy that's how you alleviate all this and so you know what i told him and i'll tell you is stop doing that stop learning trying to learn a bunch of different things focus in on a a more narrow set of skills and get all your experience in that get start building your your job history your portfolio any open source projects that you work on etc related to that particular niche and then the jobs you apply to let them be in that where you already know it so you shouldn't be trying to learn magento in three days if you're applying for a job that requires magento you should already know it before you apply and you should focus on getting as good at that one thing before you apply as humanly possible now again there's a fine line I talk about this all the time. You probably apply a lot sooner than you think. But if you're finding that you're applying for these jobs and you're not getting them because you don't know enough, then really dive into it. But the point of all this, again, is to pick a niche. Pick something specific. And so, again, I've said this for a lot of years, and what the, the question I get a lot is, well, how do I do that? And I've kind of covered this, but I, I really want to go through this in detail and really the three steps that you need to take to really hone in on a very tight niche. So the first thing that you need to identify is what you're good at. Okay, you need to operate. A lot of people spend all this time trying to figure out what their weaknesses are and fix their weaknesses. I think it's a lot better to understand your strengths and really leverage your strengths. And then the other stuff you can either avoid because you don't have to do it or you can outsource it somehow or 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 delegate it or whatever to, to get it done. But you're really going to get a lot further if you focus in on your strengths. So the first thing to look at is what am I good at? Now, for web designers and developers, I think the very the biggest distinction that you need to make first or understanding that you need to make first is are you is your does your strength lie in design or does it design in more hardcore back end development app development and so forth so am i stronger in visual design or am i stronger in hardcore kind of back end coding and a lot of people when i say that will say well i like both again we're not talking about what you like we're talking about what you have what you're naturally better at and if you really look at it, I think that you'll find that there's one that you know you're just a little bit better at it. And and so you want to identify that. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do the other. Maybe you like the other a little bit better. But it's important to understand what your strength is what and then differentiate that from what it is that you like doing. You need to separate that out and understand that. Okay, so are you more of a designer or are you more of a kind of hardcore developer. Going on from that, then start thinking about what can you build, whether it's coding or designing or whatever, what can you do? What can you uh, execute on without thinking, without, you know, you can just do it. As an example, when I when I first got into coding, one of the things that I went into quickly, uh, quickly to was WordPress. And I was fascinated by kind of the user aspect of it and the com- and and building communities this was at the time when uh you know Facebook was just starting MySpace was still a kind of a big thing there was a lot of these kind of social networks going on out there and they were all just kind of starting up and so I was kind of fascinated by that part of things and so this was before Buddy Press and and, and all that so I started looking into it and one of the things that I did is I built a plugin that added some community elements to a WordPress site. And when in doing that, I really dove into the kind of user-related functions inside of WordPress. And I got really, really good at it. And I ultimately ended up getting the client that I, I'm still with today that is my main client, I ended up getting them because of that, in, in large part, because of that WordPress plugin because they were in the memberships uh, side of of WordPress. They were interested in those kind of community things and they were they were intrigued by what I had done. They thought it could bring something to what they were doing. And so it was me focusing on that one really specific, almost kind of obscure thing that allowed me to have success and, and to be able to land a client that I still have to this day. And even to this day, developers that I work with who are far more capable... Capable than me in you know, on pretty much everything else. No shame in admitting that. They will still ask me questions about WordPress and about specifically about WordPress user-related topics because they know I know it better than probably anybody else. Because in that one area, I am the king, so to speak. Now, obviously, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there in the world, but in my little circle they're the best, I'm the best one that they know. And so again, that's, it, it was by leveraging that strength that allowed me to be able to get the client and, and have the success that I've had. So again, you, you want to focus on what are your strengths? What can you code without thinking? What are you naturally interested in or passionate about? You need to figure out what your strengths are and what you're good at. That's the first thing. Or if you're you find that you're not necessarily you're just starting out and you're not you're not really really good at something yet then uh you want to to find something that you're willing to put in the work to get good at the second thing then is what do i enjoy so you want to think about what are the problems that keep you up at night that that you you think about how can i solve this or It'd be really cool if I could build this thing, or or what are the things that make you angry or emotional, or what do you? What's an activity that you do related to web development that it just never feels like work? So again, as an example, when I started learning web development, I got frustrated by a combination of things that uh, I felt held me and other web developers back as I was kind of going through the process of learning how to code, and. You know, one of those things was kind of all the know-it-alls that you find on the web. I mean, you could look at... You can look at... You've probably seen it in forums and stuff, but you could just look at any video I do. You will find someone on there who is the classic definition commenting of a know-it-all. So that really frustrated me that you had people that were... They were really unhelpful. They were more concerned about making themselves look smart than they were about anything else. And it's it just generally... uh crappy not nice people to be around so there was that there was a lack of marketing knowledge among developers a lot of developers struggle with the selling themselves part of thing in this this kind of uh myth or the stigma among web developers of doing anything sort remotely salesy uh that that was something that really bothered me coming from the background that i had and understanding just how important that was no matter what you do and then uh, what I would call, uh, debilitating sort of inner game issues that many developers deal with. So, uh, a lack of confidence, uh, th- again, the propensity towards being know-it-alls, uh, you know, just sometimes being really difficult to work with and flaky and just not wanting to, to be someone that's hard to kind of hard to deal with, uh, not not great interpersonal skills and so forth. So I saw all of these things, both, again, in myself and then other people that I was interacting with. And what I found as I was kind of going through all this is that when I would sit down to talk about these things, I could talk for hours and hours and hours about it, and it never felt like work for me. And so that was a big reason why I started this podcast right here. And I've been doing this for years now have you know close to 150 episodes that I've done and it still doesn't feel like work to me. It it I could do this for hours and hours and hours. And so again, you have to think about what do you enjoy? What is it that you can just sit and do for long periods of time? And it never feels like work because the the work that you do has to be something that you ultimately enjoy. Otherwise, you're never going to put in the work to be really, really good at it, to be the best in the world at it or to strive to be the best in the world about uh, with it because it's just not something that you really care about or you enjoy. The last one then is you have to think about what makes money. So again, we talk about picking a niche and finding your niche and becoming the best in the world at it or striving to become the best in the world at it. But if the thing that you pick doesn't have any relevance to anybody else, if there's not people out there that are willing to pay money to have you do it, then it's going to be difficult for you to be successful doing it. So you want to, again, look at, is there an existing market? Are there people out there paying money for it right now? Uh, If there is, that's a good thing. Competition is actually a good thing because it shows that there's a market out there. You know, there's a saying that rising tides swell all ships. Well, the 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 larger, more profitable a market is, it's going to attract competitors. So you you don't one of the big mistakes a lot of people when they get into kind of online marketing make is they try to look for a niche that nobody else is in. That's really the wrong way to go because there's probably a reason why nobody else is in it because there's not any money in it. So you you want to you want to find some competition out there. But you also want to check, okay, is it oversaturated? Is there any room for uh, more competition in there? Oftentimes there will be, especially because if you're really, really good at it, you're going to quickly become the top, the cream of the crop. And so most of the people in the market, you're not even going to be competing with anyway because you're far and above better than them. But you do want to look at, is there some sort of room? Or is this market really oversaturated? And then the last thing is, can you win? Because ultimately, all of this, whether you like it or not, whether you want it to be or not, it's a competition. It's a friendly competition, but it's a competition. If you're a freelancer, you're in competition with other freelancers. If you're a job seeker, you're in competition with other job seekers. If you're building applications, you're in competition with the other people out there building those same types of applications. It's always a competition. So you have to look at it and say, is there something... I can do something unique that I can bring that I can win and and be able to, to make money doing this. So again, as an example, when I decided to go into uh, building membership sites, the whole idea of membership sites at that time had become kind of in vogue among, uh, among online marketers. And so, and a lot of them were attracted to this notion of recurring income and it was just... This big thing that a lot of the kind of gurus at the time and stuff were talking about. And so I knew it was a hot topic. I knew it was something that was generating a lot of interest. And I knew that there are going to be people that were looking to do this. And I also knew that while there was a lot of information out there about the how to make money with membership sites, like the marketing and business side of it. And that niche was pretty saturated with some really kind of heavy hitters in online marketing. There weren't too many developers out there who were focused solely on solely on just building membership sites. Now there were developers out there who could build websites and and knew that stuff, but there was really not a lot of people out there who were saying, "Look, this is what I do. I'm a specialist in this particular area." And so a lot of the clients that were hiring people to 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 build membership sites were hiring developers were kind of generic developers they they kind of knew that stuff but they 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 were kind of a jack of all trades type person and they were running into a lot of problems i mean that's that's what led to me getting hired at ink magazine uh the guy who ultimately came to to me to to do that he had worked with other developers he'd been trying to get his membership site built for almost two years he'd been through a number of other developers and ran into a lot of problems and just couldn't get done what he needed to get done. And so, he came to me. And I got it done for him in about a month. I got his beta out the door. Did some upgrades. And then ultimately handed it off to, uh, I think, one of their in-house developers. You now, Lewis Howes, same thing. Had a membership site for a while. Was having issues. And went in there and kind of fixed it up for him. So, uh, You know, I knew that I had something unique to bring to the table, and that was because, like I said earlier, I was well versed in WordPress. I was well versed in kind of the user-related stuff, and I was well versed in the 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 membership plugin that a lot of WordPress uh, users were site owners were using to build their membership sites, which is Wishless Member. And so, I had a unique advantage and knew. That I could beat out the competition. So when we go back to those questions, was there an existing market? Yes, I knew it was a huge market. I knew a ton of people were talking about it. I knew a ton of people were looking to get into it. Was there room in the web development side? Yes, there was because again, there wasn't a ton of people that were focused solely on building membership sites. And then could I win? Yes, I knew I could because I I had a unique advantage in that I was really into the community aspects of things. I knew WordPress really well. I knew the WordPress user membership-related type stuff really well. And I knew the, the dominant plugin at the time really well. So all of those things stacked up. And anything that you do, you can, you can stack that up, okay? You can stack all of those odds in your favor. You just have to look at the market and ask yourself these questions and analyze it. So those are the three things. Again, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? And what can I make money at? If you go through those things, look, it takes some thought. None none of this is going to be handed to you. Well, I get a lot of people who will just tell me, they'll they'll say, just tell me what niche I should go into. No, I can't tell you what niche to go into. This takes some thought. It takes some work. You have to figure it out on your own, but when you do, you'll know. And you'll, chances are you're gonna have a lot more success. And you're gonna stop making the mistake that so many people. A lot of people tried to be a Bo Jackson, right? Bo Jackson was really good at football. He was really good at baseball. But if you look over kind of sports history, those people are really, really rare. You have Bo Jackson, you have Deion Sanders. There's maybe a couple of others that have kind of been two-sport athletes at a professional level, at a really high level like that, but it's really pretty rare. But, and if, but if you look at a guy like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was terrible at baseball, but he was considered maybe the best basketball player ever. So you might not be able to be a Bo Jackson, but you can be a Michael Jordan You can be a Tom Brady, right? You can be someone who's really, really good at this one specific thing and makes your living killing that particular niche. And that's what this is all about. And it makes your life so much easier when you embrace that and accept that and understand that. So go back through these last 20 minutes or so, re-listen to this episode maybe two or three times and really really try to get it and hone in on those three steps and figuring out what your niche is. What I suggest you do for each one, you just write down several different things related to web development that you, for each one, that you're good at and then go to what you enjoy and what you think you can make money at. And then see where you have one thing that is in all three categories and, and lines up. A lot of times when I do this, people just, if they actually stop and think about it, it becomes immediately apparent for them. It just They know what it is. They've just kind of been denying it for a while. Stop doing that. Stop trying to get into so many of these other things and all these crazy things and all these skills that you think you have to learn and focus in on a niche. Quit trying to be a Bo Jackson and, and focus in on being a Michael Jordan. All right. Coming up next, we're gonna take a little break, and then uh, coming up next, I'm gonna answer some of your questions and comments uh, that I've got over on YouTube, email, Twitter, etc. You're listening to the John Morris Show on JohnMorrisOnline.com. You know, one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of developers make is they make learning how to code much harder than it has to be. For example, I see a lot of developers who think the list of skills that they need to learn to master PHP, is pages and pages and pages long. (laughs) It's not. Now, I've said this before and I will definitely say it again, but there's a foundational set of skills that you need to learn in order to be functional as a PHP developer, meaning that you can execute on projects and get paid. This is the fallacy. That is so prevalent in the PHP developer community that there's this ideal set of skills that you have to learn and that you have to be the absolute greatest developer in the history of mankind in order to be able to get paid to code. You don't. You simply need to be able to execute on projects. I talk about end results all the time. You need to be able to deliver end results to clients because that's ultimately what they want. But when you focus on these foundational skills and learning only those first, the things that will allow you to execute on projects, what you realize is that you can start getting paid to code much faster than you probably ever thought because you haven't set this idealistic unattainable bar for yourself to reach before you allow yourself to take paid work. You can start now, when you can execute on a deliverable, when you can complete a a single project, when you can create a contact form or a business website, when you can execute on that, you can start, and you can start then building the life that you wanted, that you got into this all for the in the first place, instead of continuing to slave away at some job making somebody else rich. Anyway, you can learn these skills in my free course, The Beginner's Guide to PHP, which you can enroll in at johnmorrisonline.com slash learnphp, and it's going to teach you these foundational skills so you can get started right now. Again, it's a completely free course that you can take at johnmorrisonline.com slash learn php don't wait on this head over there right now and get started building that life welcome back to the john morris show john all right let's dive into these comments and questions so the first one comes from jake over on youtube and this is more of a comment that i just kind of wanted to dig into a little bit so he said one year ago i was a php noob and i had no clients today i have 15 plus clients and i'm working on four new client sites right now I'm booked until 2017, and I've been having to actually turn down clients because I'm too busy. Take a few weeks to build two to five dummy sites, put them in your portfolio, find a niche. The clients will come. If I can do it, you can. By the way, I'm a 21-year-old self-taught high school dropout making making more money than I ever thought I would. Anybody can literally do this. Put in the work. And here the here are the languages I use: HTML, CSS php mysql and jquery now i wanted to bring this up because a lot of people try to when i when i talk about this and 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 how this is really possible they'll say well that's you you know you were able to do that but i'm different and i mean again this is someone you know i i don't know this person from adam to be honest and, you know, maybe had some things that were stocked up, stacked up against them being a high school dropout and all that stuff. And all they did was exactly, really just exactly what I went through. Find a niche, build two to five dummy sites, put them in your portfolio, and then get out there and start getting people, getting, you know, getting in front of people. It doesn't have to be any harder than that. The important thing is doing the thing that people always roll their eyes whenever I bring up. And that is find a niche. It's it's so absolutely important that you find a niche. Because when you do, you, you make everything so much easier because you're so much more focused. You, you have this one thing that you're focusing on. And so the amount of skills you need to learn in order to get good at it are much, much narrower. So you can really dive in and get really, really good at it. Uh, the, the When you build your portfolio, like you said, using the, the two to five dummy sites or, or however many you end up doing, they're all tightly related to what you're doing. So when a client sees those, they say, okay, this person's an expert in this particular thing. When you go out to start to market yourself and you're looking for jobs, you know exactly what a good fit is. You know exactly what kind of job to 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 look for, when you're putting up your services pages and doing all of your marketing, which can be difficult to learn, you're not trying to do it about 10 different things, you're doing it about one thing. And as you work with clients, you'll start to understand what their fears are, what their problems are, what, what they're really after and so forth, you'll understand how to talk about it in your marketing. So finding a niche is, to me, the key to all of this. If you try to just do it as I'm a I'm a web developer, I'm this generic person, jack of all trades, you're going to have so much trouble. People just trust someone who positions themselves as a specialist just automatically more. Because they assume if they specialize in that one thing, they must be really good at it. <laughs> Hopefully, right? So that it works in your favor. So find your niche and then do like he said put in dummy set, uh, create a portfolio of dummy sites and start getting yourself out there. I would add to that, start creating content, right? Again, if the internet these days, if you're not creating content, you basically don't exist. Uh, that's what Gary Vaynerchuk says all the time. And I believe it's absolutely true that if you wanna get people to pay attention to, you you have to start creating content. Create it related to your niche. How-to stuff for your niche can be very, very effective. All right, next question was from Adam v. email. It says, Hey, John, big fan of the show. I've been listening to your podcast for about six months now. Thank you, by the way. Recently left a teaching career to pursue freelance web development. I've been spending time learning how to build websites using Rails, and I'm finally feeling ready to begin looking for work building e-commerce sites. My wife is also looking to move from a part-time job to a full-time one to support our family until I can get my career off the ground. She was offered a job in rural Maine. The area is beautiful and we are both outdoor lovers. However, I'm worried that I will have trouble finding freelancing work. So my question is, how do I find work in the middle of nowhere? Is it possible to find enough work through online connections? Is pursuing local businesses viable in the long term? Thanks for the advice. So two things. I've talked about local business stuff work before. And the reason I talk about it is because it's it's just <laughs> it's way easier. I mean, you can you can spend a little time for example, a lot of places will have uh different kind of business meetup groups. And what these meetup groups do, and I was a, a part of some of these for a while, but what these meetup groups will do is they'll get they'll go around and specifically try to find someone From every different industry so they'll try to find an insurance agent a a realtor a financial advisor and one of the ones that they're always looking for is a tech kind of web development type person and those people are actually kind of hard to find people that do it uh, as a business as a as a freelancer not someone who does it you know as a job or whatever and so when they find you 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 quickly become a hot commodity. And it doesn't take much, you know, you have to understand a lot of these people are not very tech savvy. So it doesn't take much for when you interact with them in person, and you're not, you know, you're a decent person. It doesn't take much for you to dazzle them. Right? Uh, I mean, one guy, I showed him how to set up a Facebook account and log into his Facebook account. And he was wowed by that. I mean, just simple stuff. Uh, created a Facebook group for one of the meetup groups that I belong to and they were all dazzled by that. Again, yeah, that's not a knock on them. It's just they don't know. And so it's really basic, simple stuff that you can that you probably already know how to do that can dazzle these people and then they'll when they need a website build or they know somebody or whatever, you can start using that to network for local uh business and so forth. So again, I bring I bring the local business stuff up because it's just often so much easier. There's it's easier to kind of dazzle people in person when you meet people in person, they're just much more likely if you're a decent person to interact with, they're much more likely to trust you. And so uh is pursuing local businesses viable in the long term? Yes, absolutely. Uh because you you do a project for one client. My brother's an insurance agent. And this is entirely how his, this is how his entire business works is he does insurance for one person. He, that person has a good experience. And then they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And he literally just grows his network that way as an insurance agent, you can absolutely do that same thing with local businesses. So that part out of the way, uh, I, I bring all that up to let you know that that's possible. But the truth is, Me, I'm kind of a homebody kind of hermit. And so going and networking and doing that is not something that I really enjoy all that much. So the majority of my work, well, yeah, I would say probably 90 plus percent of the work that I do and have done has been online. So when you ask the question, is it possible to find enough work through online connections? (laughs) Without a doubt. No question. Oh, there's, there's just, I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head what my stat, what the stats are exactly, but I would say it's in the thousands of jobs posted to Upwork each and every day. Now, again, as soon as I say that, people, yeah, a lot of them aren't okay, but you only got to get one or two or three. Or, the number you got to get is small. So if it's a thousand and some of them are junk, fine. What about the other, you know, eight hundred that aren't junk? Uh, and then Upwork isn't the only way to, to, to get work. You know, you could, you could work remotely for a company. Let's say you want to work a kind of steady, regular nine to five. You don't want to do the freelance. You could work for a company, but work remotely. There's, there's tons of companies out there that do that. I think buffer is one that's almost constantly hiring. And a lot of the people they hire work remotely. So there's tons of opportunity through the internet, really way more than, local business work. Um, so yes, is there, is it possible to find enough work through online connections without a doubt? You put the two together though. That's the thing that I want you to get. This is the mindset that I want you to get. And I think, I think maybe I have this mindset because of the way I grew up and I don't want to do the whole, my life was worse than yours type thing, but I did grow up in a fairly rough environment and growing up like that, I had to always be scrappy. And that's the mentality I want you to have is to be scrappy, to take the, take the work in any, in any format that it comes in. Now, I'm not saying sell your soul to any job. That's not what I'm saying. But is there really a big difference if you get it through someone you meet online versus someone you meet at the grocery store You know, versus someone you meet in a, in a meetup group? Does it ultimately really matter how you get that work? Not really. So don't be snooty. And I'm not saying you are, but don't be... I find some oftentimes web developers are kind of snooty about the way that they get their work. Be scrappy. Take it in in the work in whatever way that you can because there's there's more than enough out there. You just got to be scrappy, aggressive, and go get it. So again, yes. Absolutely. And frankly you know if you're an outdoors person and this is a place that you really want to live in my mind it's more important for you to live where you want to live and be happy with your life in general than it is how much work you may or may not get there i understand you got to pay the bills i get all that but the the one having being happy in your life and being comfortable there makes the other one so much easier if you're miserable with your life and where you're living and so forth, it's going to make the work side of it so much harder because you're just going to be stressed out and grumpy and angry all the time. Okay, so my opinion, and again, you got to make your decisions for yourself. <laughs> I don't want you to email me in a year and say I hate rural Maine because I, I really know nothing about it. But my opinion is that if that's what you really want, that's the way that you should go. Uh, because it's just going to make your, the career part of things so much easier because you'll just be way less stressed out. All right, I'm going to end it there. I want to thank all of you for listening today. Uh, if you liked this episode, be sure to like it so they know that you like uh, what I covered today. And I can make more good content for you. If you know somebody who benefit from hearing this, know somebody that is making the mistake of not picking a niche, not finding their niche in web development, then I'd appreciate if you'd share this with them. And if you haven't yet, if you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe. You can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash podcast. And that will take you to the kind of the podcast hub where you can see all the past episodes, all the different places that you uh, can subscribe, uh, and so forth. So head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash podcast and do that. You can subscribe on Android, iTunes, desktop, laptop, tablet, all that. Uh, Again, johnmorrisonline.com slash podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time.